0: After all the risks we've seen in the past few months, it's coronavirus that's getting markets down. Here's what matters. Here at the New York Life Investments Home Office in New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And
1: I'm Robert Sarenbetts.
0: And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments.
1: In this podcast... We, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team. What we think matters as we manage investment solutions.
0: That includes Mainstay's Income Builder Fund, as well as individual solutions for our partners.
1: By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors.
0: Welcome, everybody. It's the week of January 27th, 2020, and markets have started off the day very poorly. Global equity indices are down for the second day, and the yield curve is starting to flatten.
1: I can't believe I'm going to say this, but is coronavirus seriously the risk that's tanking markets right now?
0: Yeah, it seems that way.
1: Oh my goodness. Honestly, this is crazy because our regular listeners will know that we've been talking about market vulnerability for some time now, almost like six months or so, and we've been defensively positioned in our portfolios trying to think of ways to add value in the meantime. And meanwhile, the market just kept going up.
0: Yeah, and to your point, this isn't even the first grist we've seen in January. We've had the Iran situation, we've had
1: impeachment. But coronavirus is going to be the sneeze that gives the global markets a cold.
0: (laughs) I love your metaphor, but if we're being serious, I don't know if we can say that for sure yet. The markets are reacting right now, and I'm of course not happy to hear about the real human cost of the outbreak, but I think it's too early to say that this is a bull market buster.
1: Okay, okay. Let's put some structure on this question. Can we assess how epidemics impact the markets using the historical examples like SARS and swine flu? Yeah, or
0: Ebola. Look, I think no past example is ever going to be a perfect analog, but all of these cases do have a couple of things in common. None of them have prompted a global recession, and all of them involved an initial market move downward because of fear.
1: Fear. I mean, this is super scary. I just watched that Netflix series, Pandemic, (laughs) and if you are looking for an educational scare tonight, I really suggest you watch it.
0: Oh, yikes. I don't know that I'm in the market for an (laughs) educational scare, but if we think about the markets, there is some good news. There's usually a sharp reaction for a couple of weeks, but then you get a pretty quick recovery. So this might not be that long of a risk.
1: All right, so almost certainly a recovery, but that doesn't mean that there isn't any loss from the event, like in services. You know, I love my coffee, and if I was forced to work from home for a week or be on quarantined, I wouldn't be buying that coffee because of the virus. But after everything was said and done, I'm not going to go and start buying two coffees a day to make up for that.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the impacts of the virus I think we could see play out in Q1. And one of the reasons why it matters, there's real economic impact. You don't get your coffees back. And (laughs) in China, the government has started to impose travel restrictions. It's only a couple of days in, and that's already impacted 35 million people. If you add that it's an important Lunar New Year holiday, that could mean a big impact on consumer spending in China. It'd be kind of like if we all shut down right before Christmas.
1: Yeah, that would be a big deal here. Um, And I know that the economic hit hasn't been too big in the case of past epidemics, but I think there are some ways that this one could be very different.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's too early to tell, but things are definitely different now than in previous epidemics. Here's a crazy fact, just as an example. Hit me with it. When SARS originated in China in 2003... China made up 4.6% of global GDP, pretty big proportion. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to today, and China makes up more than 19% of global GDP.
1: Whoa, almost a fifth of GDP. It's crazy how big China's become.
0: Yeah, and it happened pretty fast. And China's businesses and people are also getting more integrated into the world economy through travel.
1: Wow, so it sounds like there could be a lot of ways that this is different than prior epidemics. So just to wrap this up... Base case is that the virus could cause a Q1 economic impact that may be a bit scary for markets, but that markets should only react for a few weeks and then calm down a bit. We might see some Q one economic impact and some minor stimulus, but probably net net, it's not the end of the world.
0: That's the base case, at least for now. We won't know that the panic period is over until the number of new cases has peaked. So that's the indicator that we're watching. Up to that point, we have to keep a pretty close eye on this one.
1: Do you think markets could relax earlier than that?
0: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that they could look for. So, for example, uh, potential vaccines or screening methods, things that make monitoring and controlling the virus more easy is going to be less fearful for markets moving forward. That said, on the flip side, if we see more cases of an outbreak outside of China, then we could be in for a much longer ride.
1: And run for the hills. It's time for the portfolio pause. Today, we're going to take a look at what coronavirus means for markets with one portfolio idea.
0: So the root of coronavirus is uncertainty. It's difficult to forecast how long or how serious the impact of a risk like this can be. So how do investors deal with that in their portfolios? The presence of risk has been a big asset allocation theme for us, so I think it's perfect for our focus today.
1: And that focus is uncertainty and a slowing global economy. For us, this is all about resilience. So we're looking for ways to participate in investments but not necessarily rely on prices or the market going up.
0: So... Since today's idea is kind of more of a theme, can you break that down into actual actions?
1: That's a great question. Um, In equities, a focus on shareholder yield can help you rely on company growth and dividends rather than price increases in order to add value to your portfolio.
0: Okay, then I'll take the fixed income side of the portfolio. So we'd still like to see higher quality securities and also shorter duration credit is helpful in avoiding some of these downside risks.
1: I think it's important to mention, because coronavirus is mainly centered in the in Asia and China right now, it's worth to talk about the international environment. We've been more constructive about emerging markets lately because they are relatively cheap. The next couple weeks, however, might be a choppy time for those markets because they're both more susceptible to China's growth— and more at risk for the virus itself.
0: So you're saying that we're keeping that neutral emerging markets position for now, but keeping a close eye on it. That's exactly it. Cool.
1: Before we go, here are the key things to watch this week.
0: All right. This week, I think there's three things to watch. The first... Wednesday is Fed Day, the best day. Second, (laughs) a bunch of companies are going to be reporting their earnings. And third, Friday's the official Brexit day. The UK is actually leaving the EU.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I know which one you think is going to be most important this week.
0: Yeah, of course. You know I'm going to choose the Fed. And I'll be watching for two things. The first is how they communicate new risks, like coronavirus. It's really important. It's too early for them to change policy, but the market's going to be watching to see if they're open to more insurance cuts. The second thing I'm watching really closely for is what they say about their balance sheet. Adding reserves has been an important boost for equity markets. So if they give a timeline for slowing that, it'll be really important for markets.
1: Normally, I'd agree with you. The Fed is pretty important, but I think it's going to be a total snoozer this week. So I'm betting on earnings. We have a few really important construction and manufacturing names reporting this week, as well as some big tech and communication names. If companies give discouraging guidance, then maybe the market will start to question its consensus narrative around the global reflation.
0: That's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters.
1: Let us know what matters to you.
0: If you have a question or topic of interest, hit us up on social media.
1: That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com forward slash blog. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbetz.
0: And I'm Lauren Goodwin. We look forward to hearing from you. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances, and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.